Good evening, everyone. How are we doing tonight? We've got some woots. That's awesome. How are you doing at home? We didn't hear you at home, but we got more woots in the room, so that's good, too. Uh, so my name is Lyle. I'm the worship director here. and just want to welcome you to Elements City Church, uh, and thank you all for joining us, whether you're here in person, whether you're at home. Uh, it's just a blessing to get to do this each week with you all, uh, and we don't take that for granted. So just want to make sure that we communicate that. So a couple things. If you are new uh, in the room, we do have a 10-minute party that happens at the back. Uh, when everything's done, you get a chance to meet the pastor back there. We just get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, it's not going to take 10 minutes for you to be there. Uh, it's just he's going to be back there for 10 minutes. So that's kind of the time frame. But if you're new online, uh, just drop a comment in the chat and just say, hey, first time viewer. Uh, and let us know maybe where you're tuning in from. I've uh, been finding out, uh, we've, I've got a friend in Scotland who likes to tune in every now and then. So uh, that's pretty rad, right? So we're getting streams from all around the world, folks. That's pretty rad. Anywho, uh, yeah, so if you're new here, uh, just mention that in the comment field, and uh, we've got some hosts there that are ready to get you connected uh, and just get you whatever information you might need. If you need prayer, there's also a button that says need prayer down there, too. So we just want to thank you for uh, joining in. Uh, another thing that's good for everyone to know, if you don't have the church app, feel free to download that, Element City Church. It's in the App Store. It's in the Google Play Store. Whatever device you have, you can get that. Um, you're going to get news updates there. Uh, you're going to get sermon notes there. You're able to get playlists there. Uh, so just play of information. That's where you can give as well. And most importantly, tonight, that's where the connection card is. So again, if you're new, fill that out. Let us know uh, more information about you. Or if you want to get involved, actually, that's another cool thing, too. You can uh, volunteer through that. So uh, I know someone was asking about that pretty recently. Anyway, uh, one kind of announcement. Uh, Jack had a virtual lunch last week, and uh, it was so successful that he wants to do one again. So December 16th, virtual lunch. By successful, I mean nobody tuned in. And so I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, man, do I want to tune in and have somebody watch me eat? So maybe you're a little bit nervous about that, but I want to let you know a pro tip. Here's what Jack did so that he wouldn't be freaked out about eating. He Instagram lived himself just eating. You know, he started with a mirror, right? You start with the mirror, then you go to Instagram Live. So if there's a few people, I'm kidding. He didn't do any of that stuff. But maybe you need to do that. But if you want to get used to that, you don't have to. You don't even have to eat anything at all. You can bring a coffee. He just wants to be able to connect and be available so that if any of you want to uh, get to know more about him or maybe hear more about the church uh, or literally just talk about the cats, whatever it is, 0-4 football team. It's terrible, isn't it? Anyway, let's move on. Uh, so we're going to pray for the church of the week at this point, and then we're going to move into worship because uh, none of my jokes are funny tonight, so that's fine. So let's all, that one was funny. See, it's fun, when you make fun of yourself, that's what, it's the low-hanging fruit. I get it. Let's all stand together. We're going to be praying for East Tucson Baptist Church tonight and their pastor, John Anderson. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to it. Father, thank you uh, for the work that you're doing uh, in Tucson. And we're grateful that when we gather together tonight, uh, we know that uh, your praises have already been rising up, uh, not just here in Tucson already, but all over the world. Uh, and so here we are, we're later in the day, uh, and we just get to continue the course of hallelujahs and just to continue uh, lifting up your name. Uh, and so thanks for reminding us, God, that you're at work outside of our church and, and to remember that you're at work in this city through other bodies of believers. And that's why we pray for East Tucson Baptist Church tonight and their pastor, John. Uh, we just ask blessing upon them. And I know uh, they mentioned that they want to start uh, reaching young families here in Tucson uh, even more. And so I pray that you would give them favor as they strategize and plan and uh, try to figure out ways that they can better engage young families that are near to them. Lord, uh, just during this COVID season, I pray for protection over them and over their staff, uh, over their uh, congregants, everyone involved with the church. And just ask, God, that you would uh, minister through them, find unique ways and give them unique ways that they can reach out to their community to continue to be a blessing uh, on the east side of Tucson. And we do ask, God, that you'd move in power tonight. Holy Spirit, we're ready to do uh, whatever it is you want us to do. We're ready to receive uh, words from you tonight, whether it be through worship or through the word. It's all for your glory, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Everyone said amen.
Celebrate the fact that you came off of your throne to be with us. Lord, you became personal. 
Jesus, I just pray tonight, Lord, we'd have a revelation of how personal you are to each of us. God, I thank you. I thank you so much for your love. Lord, I pray as we hear Jack speak, Lord, you just stir in our hearts afresh. God, maybe this is a message we've heard so many times before around the Christmas season, but Lord, let us understand how amazing it is. God, we love you. We worship you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. good to worship with you and to begin to move toward Christmas. Looks good in here. Thank you to those of you who helped uh, us this last week do that. And as we move toward Christmas, maybe even at your home, and if you're tuning in from home, welcome. Yeah. Um, glad that you're here. I'm waving to my own family tonight. So, uh, But thrilled to have you as, as a part with us, whether you're in the house or from your house. And as we look into our Christmas series uh, tonight, we're going to look into a character of that because the reality of, of all great stories, uh, maybe it's stories in movies that you've seen um, when they used to make movies, remember that? Uh, and, and like stories of maybe the, the kind of the stories of your life and the seasons of your life that you've had have had great characters in them. And, and part of the story of Christmas is for us to, to maybe take the next couple weeks and look into some of the characters of that first Christmas story and what they might have to speak to us today in our here and now, uh, in, in the season of Christmas that we're in. in uh, let's be honest, 2020 is tough, isn't it? Can we just all own that and realize that it's just a challenge? And, and yet maybe this Christmas story has some whispers for us uh, today. And Christmas, the story of Christmas, doesn't start with a, a big band. It, it doesn't start with a blast or a big bang or anything like that. It's, it kind of starts in silence. And, and if we're honest, many of us are not really comfortable with silence. For some of you, that was the longest minute of your life. For some of you tuning in online, you're like, did my sound bar go out? Why'd that guy stop? Uh, silence is a struggle for us. We live in a world that's filled with a lot of commotion, a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of movement. And so silence is just boring. And silence is something that we don't really, quiet, we're not very good at. And, and so we fill our homes with music, and we fill our homes and our lives with noise and commotion. And yet, friends, I, I think the story of Christmas begins the way it begins for a reason. And that's what I want us to see tonight. We're going to look at that through the character of Zechariah. Zechariah was a, a, a priest back in the you know pre-coming um, of Christ and, and this idea of God meeting Zechariah and his story, let alone the nation of Israel and the world and the story that God had as he began to unfold the story of Christmas that very first time. And so if you have your Bibles or if you have the app, you can go down to your sermon notes and click on that. Uh, Luke chapter 1 is actually a really long chapter. So we're not going to read all parts of it tonight, but we're going to see bits and pieces of it. But I want to encourage you this week to read through that uh, because it actually unfolds a little bit of the story of Zechariah. What you have to understand is Zechariah is serving in a time right before, obviously, the whole Christmas story comes and, and Jesus is a part of this. It's been 400 years of... Silence. I don't know if you know that or not. 
but the inner testimonial period, the, the time from Malachi's last words, the prophet Malachi and what God was sharing through him, God had always been sharing with the prophets and the kings and the leaders of Israel and the nation of Israel. And then Malachi shares and we'll read what he says. And then there's 400 years of nothing. Think about that. And yet all the ritual would go on. All of the practice would go on. And yet God is silent. And often we interpret silence as someone's distracted. We interpret silence as someone's unavailable. Someone's inactive. And yet that's not what we see in the story of Christmas. Is that the silence of God has a power to it. How many of you are parents or you, you raised children? I bet you learned the power of silence. When there was an argument and it's a heated debate and, and you could yell to another octave if you wanted to, but maybe in that moment, I mean, not that you ever yelled at your kids. We don't. We have strong discussions. Um, but like we would have these strong discussions. And in moments, I would just get real quiet. And those of you who have young kids, listen. There is power in silence. And it doesn't mean you're distracted. And it doesn't mean you're unavailable. And it doesn't mean that you're not active. In fact, it may mean that you're more active than ever. Because you're trying to understand yourself and what's driving you. You're trying to understand your kid in that moment and what's driving them. And you're actually dialed in more than you were even five minutes ago. And there's something about silence that prepares you and prepares your heart to receive something or to give something. And I wonder if the silence of Christmas is more like that than anything else. So often in our culture of noise and commotion, we forget the power of silence. And yet the story of Christmas starts from there. It doesn't start with the fanfare. Here's the last words of Malachi. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Period. 400 years. What? Yeah, yeah. 400 years. And into the end of that 400-year period, the Gospel of Luke, remember Luke was commissioned to write down the story of Jesus. He goes to great lengths in unbelievable detail to investigate the story of Jesus. And he begins not with the birth of Jesus, but with the moment of the silence being broken. And what God was doing into that midst. And here's what he says. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. The time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So both coming from the line of Aaron, of Aaron and Moses, right? back Way back into the line of the priest of the nation of Israel. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Now, Blamelessly is not this idea of they were without sin. What this is saying is these are people who had a heart desire to love God and to follow him all the best they knew how. Because Luke uses the same description with Mary and uses the same description with Joseph who we'll look at next week as characters in this Christmas story. And he says, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very, what's it say? They were both very old. Uh, the Bible said it, I didn't. Uh, but... They were old. So how old is old? Because like the older I get, old is further out. I don't know if you've noticed that of your own life, but the older you get, you're like, oh, I'm not old. Um, you know, that, those people over there, they're, well, the text is saying they're old. They're in their 80s, okay? So I guess if you made it to your 80s, let's, let's be honest, you've, you're old. It's okay. Um, because, you know, like, good people get old. And so it's this idea of understanding where you're at. And, and into this moment, 
there's going to be an encounter that Zechariah has that changes everything. The nation of Israel had always had kings and prophets who were speaking a voice. And all of a sudden, in an unexpected way, God's plan for the story of Christmas begins to break forth. And it begins with an old priest. And that's how the story coming out of the silence begins. Uh, a, a different Zechariah from the Old Testament writes, Do not despise the day of small things. We understand the bigger the better, right? That's the culture in which we live. But the scripture seems to point out that God does some of his best work with, with small beginnings and small little nuances and small conversations and the people who think they're the least. He seems to work. God does some of his best work in the silence and in the quiet. And so Zachariah is this priest, right? In fact, there's 20,000 priests that are serving at the time. In fact, there's so many, they can't live in the city of Jerusalem. And so they live all on the outskirts of land, and they're kind of in this mountain range. And you can read this in Luke chapter 1. And, and twice a year, for a week at a time, your division is assigned to the priestly duties of the temple and of healing, um, being with the people and, and leading the prayer sessions that happen on Sabbath. And so Zechariah is in, and he's old, right? And, and so this is kind of maybe winding down toward the end of his story. He's serving. And they were there every Saturday, the whole people, the whole nation, uh, the whole people of Jerusalem would gather outside of the temple and they would pray. And then the priests would go in a little bit further into the temple and they would make sacrifice on behalf of the people to, to get them right with God and to keep them in alignment with God. And then one priest drawn out of a hat, like a name drawn out of a hat or out of a lottery pick, if you were. They, they call it casting lots. But in that time, that's really what it meant, is picking a name out of a hat, and you would be drawn one time and one time only in your entire lifetime. In fact, it's possible because there's 20,000 of you that you could go your entire lifetime and never be picked. You could go to your grave and never have the honor of doing what Zachariah is getting ready to do. And so it's his week. He's there. God's been silent for 400 years. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they don't have any children. And here's what you have to understand about that early century time. Is if you're a person of God and your lineage is almost kind of the blessing of God, a sign, if you will, of God's presence with you, and you don't have a lineage, think about what that kind of feelings stir up in your own life. For some of you, you've, you've been there. You've lived this story a little bit. And you understand the pain, maybe, that Zachariah and Elizabeth have been feeling. And in all the years, if they're 80, probably from 20 on, so 60 years of praying for a child hasn't happened. And so Zachariah is there. The people have gathered. They pray. The priests go in, they offer the sacrifice, and then the lots are, are cast, and Zechariah's name comes out of the hat. Zechariah, you're going to go into the holy place, and you're going to burn the incense there, and you're going to offer the prayers of the people. What's the prayer? God, would you heal your nation? Would you help your people? Would you send your Messiah? And so Zechariah goes. Hey, he, he understands what to expect because he's never been into the holy place, but he's read kind of the, the literature of what you're supposed to do. He's heard from people who have gone before him, and he walks in, and an unexpected visitor is there. See, what they tell you about when you go into the holy place is that the ark is there, but no one else should be. And then Gabriel, the angel, is there. And the angel's first words to Zechariah is, don't freak out. Why? Because every time you read about it, an encounter with an angel, that's their first words. Do not be afraid. Don't freak out. Why? Because if you saw an angel at Circle K on Tuesday, you'd freak out, right? Like, you'd be a little scared, a little afraid, like, what in the world's happening, right? And that's why they say that. And so Zechariah is met with Gabriel, the angel, who says, Zechariah, don't freak out. I'm here with a message for you. Your prayer has been answered. You're going to have a son. 
Now, in first reading, we, the English-speaking people, go, well, that's pretty awesome. God's granting him his son. Your prayer has been answered. All these prayers you've been praying for years. But what you have to understand in the Greek language is this is Luke is using the aorist term of you, you have been heard. Your prayer has been heard. Which means the prayer you just prayed has been heard. What's he been praying for for 40 years? For a son, for a child, for a lineage. But what did he just pray? Because he's a priest representing the people. God, would you heal your people? Would you help your people? Would you send your Messiah? And that is what Gabriel's referring to. Here's the beauty of God. He works on a corporate community level and he works on an individual level just the same, at the same time. It's kind of his specialty. It's what he does. And so into this story, we see God at work on the global scale and the very local scale. And we see God at work, hey, your prayer has been heard. It's time. You're the first to hear about it, Zechariah. The prayers of the people. The prayers for the last 400 years. The one you just prayed after 400 years, it's been heard. And it's time. Oh, and you're going to have a son. And he's going to bring you great joy. In fact, as you have this son, here's what you need to do. And he kind of gives some instructions uh, about how to raise uh, this child. And then he says, you're to name him John. If you haven't connected it, this is John the Baptist that's about ready to come to earth to prepare the way to point to the Messiah, the answer to the prayer that was just prayed and that has been prayed for 400 years and even before that. And so into this moment, Gabriel's speaking, right? And, and he says, and, and I understand where Zechariah is at. I'm sure there's a bit of overwhelmingness in this. Can you imagine your name got picked. You're 80. You maybe never thought your name was going to get picked, and here you are, and there's, there's an intruder. There's something unexpected here. And not only is he saying that the Messiah is coming, that's whoa, but now you're going to have a kid. And now I'm sure Zachariah, like I would be, would be like, whoa, wait, whoa, I'm 80. I don't know if I can stay up late anymore. I don't know if I remember how to watch those like changing diaper videos. Like, I, we're gonna have a baby? Like, not Sarah, like, we're gonna, have you met my wife? She's beautiful, but she's old. Um, like, I don't know how this is gonna work. And so there's a little bit of dialogue going on and Gabriel says to him, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I am now in your presence. You're looking for a sign. Hello, I'm it. And because you're pushing back and having some disbelief, I'm now going to mute you. There's a little bit of recoil here. And so Gabriel mutes Zachariah. Anyone here ever gone nine minutes without saying a word? If you're an introvert, you're like, oh, that's, that's good. Anyone ever gone nine hours without saying a word to anyone? I've done it a few times. Prayer days up to Mount Lemmon, nine, ten hours. Not one word. It's hard. It's so life-giving. You ever gone nine months without talking? Because that's what happens to Zachariah. He comes out because it's taking a little long. People are checking their, their Apple Watch and going, whoa, he's been in there a long time. And so he finally comes out. He can't say a word. But he's motioning about something that happened. It, it probably hit the tabloid news around Jerusalem as this mute priest who's old is 
signifying that maybe something happened and it's something good. And so the story is a buzz around Jerusalem. And yet, uh, maybe that story begins to die down a little bit. He goes home because his week is over from serving. His wife, Elizabeth, becomes pregnant. And five months into that journey, she kind of pulls out and she kind of segregates herself away. And she's grateful because it talks about how God has removed her shame. Uh, for her, you could read that in Luke chapter one, and in fact, we'll see a little bit of the encounter that she has with Mary. Gabriel goes next to Mary. We'll look at uh, her part of the story next week in this encounter and interaction that they have. And, and now it's time for the birth of John the Baptist. So nine months has transpired. Think about that. Nine months. You haven't said a word. Could you do that? And so nine months has passed. Verse 57, that's where we pick up the story. Verse 57, here's what it begins to, to kind of unfold. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Anyone ever been to a baby shower before? Uh, do you go and you're bummed out? No, you go and you're happy, right? You're excited for this couple who's going to have a baby or just had a baby, and you're celebrating with them. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah, but his mother spoke up and said, no, 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 his name's going to be John. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, see, in this culture, what you have to understand is you always named, especially your firstborn son, after the father. Uh, who, by the way, has been mute for nine months. Think about that. He's married. He never won an argument in nine months. Nine months is gone by, right? And this is transpiring. And the neighbors are like, whoa, whoa that's, that's a funny name. You don't have anyone named John. Let's check with Zachariah. Let's make sure that, like, yeah, I know you just went through a lot here, and, and maybe let, you're a little loopy. Um, and so let's just check in with this. Zachariah, who, what should we name your son? And Zachariah motions for, you know, the best kind of paper they might have there, and he writes, his name is John. And he finishes the end. And all of a sudden, his tongue is loosed, and he could speak. What would you say after nine months of not being able to say anything? What would be the first thought in your mind? What would be the first thing that would pop up that you'd say, I, I got to tell people this. I, I got to tell them about that visit in the holy place. I, I got to tell them about what it, what's on the front of your mind. Because here's what comes out of Zechariah's mouth. What I want to challenge you to read is verse 68 through verse 80. It's the end of Luke chapter 1. It's entitled Zechariah's Song. And after nine months, the last thing he said is, how is this even possible? And the very next words, God, all things are possible with you. All praise and glory and honor to you. It's not, hello, Elizabeth. It's not, I told you, friends. I told you I had a great story. It's praise. The very first words. Why? I'm convinced God still does some of his very best work in the silence. And when we learn the power of silence, the power of being quiet, we're able to tune out the commotion. We're able to tune out the noise. We're able to tune out the other voices that yell instruction. And we're able to hear the one voice that really matters. His name will be John. That's what Gabriel said. When this plays out, you'll get your voice back. 
And all of a sudden, he's got his voice, and it's praise, and it's honor, and it's this prayer of the heart, right? Uh, to say, listen, uh, I want to be about what you're about, God. I want to understand where you're going. And he writes out this incredible song. Uh, can I just read it to you? It's, I'll read it from the message translation. Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and he set his people free. He set the power of salvation at the center of their lives in the very house of David, his servant, just like was promised long ago. Deliverance from our enemies and from every hateful hand, mercy to our fathers, as he remembered what he said he was going to do when he swore to his father Abraham. A clean rescue from the enemy camp so that we can worship him without a care in the world made holy before him as long as we live. And you, my child, speaking about John, it's kind of that, that's my boy kind of moment. You're gonna be the prophet of the highest. You'll go ahead of the master to prepare his ways, to present the offering of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins. Through the heartfelt mercies of our God, God's sunrise will break in upon us shining on those who are in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, those showing us the way one foot at a time down the path of peace. Man, it's a beautiful praise moment of Zachariah's heart reaching up in praise. God, you're so much bigger. You want to know what silence teaches you? That you're really small. Dallas Willard talks about the discipline of silence. How it changes us. Friends, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. God still does some of his very best work in the silence and the quiet of our lives. Can you go nine minutes? You have so far, so good job. Can you go nine hours? What if you tried it this week? For some of you who have kids, that's pretty hard to do. Um, but could you? Could you push yourself to try it? Could you go nine days? Now, understanding the difference that it makes. Zachariah, I think God did some incredible refreshing of his heart in the nine months that he had to think we're told in the scriptures, be renewed by the transforming of your mind, the renewing of your mind. That's how you get transformed. Uh, friends, in the commotion of life, maybe one of the, the, the tips of the story of Christmas is to remind us the power of silence. Here's the takeaway that I've got. Even in the silence, in the quiet of life, God is always at work and active. For some of you, you've been praying about something for a really long time. Friend, keep at it. God is not disinterested. He's not distracted. He may just be quiet. Because there's great power in silence sometimes. The story of Christmas was set up not because of a loud commotion, but because of the silence. And God began to whisper, Zachariah, you're the first to hear. Your son is going to be the one who prepares the way. In fact, your son is going to be like the prophet Elijah, who's calling people back to himself. What did Malachi say 400 years before that? I'll send a prophet like Elijah to awaken the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers and the shalom returning. 
And in that moment, Zechariah got it. That's my boy. This is God's plan. He works locally and he works globally at the same time. He's that good. He can be at work in your life, in the quiet and the silence, behind the scenes, when you may feel like he's not even there. I promise you, he is more active than you realize. Learn to wait on his timing. That's hard to do. But in the quiet, let him grow a heart of worship, of praise. That's the beauty, the gift, I think, of Zechariah's story. God still does some of his very best work in the stillness and the quiet and the silence of our lives. So the challenge, try to go nine hours one day this month. Is that hard? Yeah. You mean I can't answer my phone or I text? No. Some people say, well, can I do it while I sleep? <laughs> Come on, right? No, you're asleep. Try when you're awake. You may not have the ability to do that with work and all that, and that's fine. But sometime, lean into the power of silence and see what God might do in your own heart. So Father, thankful for Zachariah, for his story. Thankful for the opportunity to, to celebrate with him and to declare with him in praise as we turn into this song, we want to declare it to you. God, the story of Christmas, that very first Christmas, right before you arrived, Jesus, you were at work in the silence, you were active, you weren't disengaged. You were just quiet about it, quietly going to work, making things come together that the story of Christmas would unfold. And it was a surprise. God, we're seeking, asking for our own lives individually and for our world. God, would you be at work again in the quiet and in the stillness and in the silence? God, this is a crazy year. It's a crazy year of our lifetime where you've almost forced people to get a little more quiet, a little less commotion. Is there something you want to do in our heart, in our land? Father, may it be May it come to me, just as you did back then. Would you be at work and active now in our hearts, in our city, in our country, in our land, and in our world, God? We need your light to break forth again. To light up the darkness to lead us step by step toward the path of peace. May you do it again, God. May you do it in my own heart, in our hearts. And God, would you well up a heart of praise within us as we sit at your feet, as we lean in to the quiet. May you stir us again.
peace bring it all to peace the storm surrounding me let it break at your name still call the sea to still the rage in me to still every wave at your name jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus you silence fear jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus breathe call these bones to live call these lungs to sing once again i will praise jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus you silence fear jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus It's in the stillness. It's in the quiet. Where 
God still does some of his very best work. And maybe the story of Christmas this year is for his church to pray that the the light of Christ would burst into the darkness again in a fresh way, in a way that people would see, in a way that would bring light to those who need to see. That's what we get to be a part of. So this week, may your light shine along with Jesus's in a world that desperately needs to see that there's a hope available even in our here and now. You get to be a part of his team. So be a part. I want to thank all of you for being here. Thank you for joining us online. Thanks for partnering with us uh, financially in all those ways. You can, uh, we don't pass an offering plate here if you're new. We have some boxes in the back. A lot of folks give online or through the app. And, encourage you to partner with us that way. Uh, just a couple, three things to highlight. The, the Blessing Project, which we started here in December, which simply means this, that uh, we believe we're blessed to be a blessing and that it's better to give than to receive. And so we're going to take uh, 10% of all the money that comes in in the month of December and we're going to give it away in January. Uh, we're going to bless some nonprofits, some individuals, some people in our city that are doing good, doing good for God, and we want to come alongside and cheer for them and just surprise them. And so that's kind of the blessing project. So you could be a part of that just by giving uh, and to help us with that here in the month of December and uh, end of year giving as you're thinking about that. The second Saturday food distribution is next Saturday. We typically pack on Friday mornings at Caring Ministries. But because they are giving out uh, government food boxes that are already pre-packed, we do not need to do that. But we could be here next Saturday at 8.30 um, or at Catalina High School. We're doing it at Catalina High School, and then we kind of come over here at the same time, 8.30 in the morning. If you want to volunteer with us on that, uh, it takes about an hour or so. We give out. We pray for people. Uh, and then December gatherings, just so that everyone's on the same page. We're here Sundays at 5. We'll continue our, our Christmas series next week. Uh, Christmas Eve is 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock. It's the same service, unless you're in the worship team and you're preaching. It's the same service, but it might be different um, because that's, we, you know, just mix it up a little bit. Uh, so you can come to one of those, invite friends, or tune in online for that. Uh, as well as the last Sunday of December will be online only. We're going to pre-record uh, worship and the message for December 27th, a couple days after Christmas Eve. So we just want you to tune in with us from home. Um, I'll get to be home. I'm excited. Uh, and so we get to do that together. Then we'll jump into our Elements Refresh series come January. So that's kind of where we're going. Again, if you're new here in the house, I'd love to meet you at the 10-minute party. If you're new online... Fill out a connection card. I'd love to connect with you uh, or connect with our team here. So, friends, may the God who does some of his very best work in the silence and in the quiet surprise you often in your silence and in the quiet of your life. Go with his peace. We'll see you next week.